you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, and Scotty Reinschild. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. And uh, possibly... We'll see if uh, we have another person who uh, might jump in on us in the middle of it. So, But uh, let's go over the holiday update. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've had a podcast out. And so uh, I'll talk a little bit about what's been going on with me. I, I've been working a new job that's a different hours. So I haven't been able to race or even be available for the the podcast recordings, obviously. But the schedule changes again. Uh, early to mid-February, so hopefully that will work out where I can race in the NASCAR iRacing series in some capacity, and that's kind of my hope, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the racing I've done over the last few weeks over the holidays have been, I'd come home maybe two or three nights a week and race like Carb Cup, Delara Dash, Pickup Cup. And just kind of trade off between those three, run three or four in a row, usually late at night, 9.30 local or 11.30 Eastern. And uh, did pretty well there. I think I got one win and a, a second in the pickup cup at Phoenix. I seem to excel there. What about you guys, Scotty? What have you been doing the last few weeks? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I just kind of joined in right at the end of NIS and uh after experiencing the the real low splits of those few races i kind of set out with a goal of of raising my ir during the off season uh, i've got a goal of 2250 so i've been running some some b open a couple a open uh you know, trying to work my way up uh, and uh, just hitting hitting races late at night like you yeah you know i I need to get my I rating up. I'm at 3,200 something. The cutoff for first division at the Daytona 500, which is the cutoff, and for between first and second is 3,500. So I would have to gain about 300 if I'm going to make that. And boy, I don't know if I could just jump into an A fixed or something and make it happen. Uh, I'm kind of out of practice, not feeling real confident right now. So it looks like I might be starting second division uh, come NIS. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm in division three right now. I'm not sure what the are there actual breaks. You know, I figured out last year what the break was between one and two. Um, I think we had it listed on one of our podcasts once, but I don't recall what the next break is. Yeah, there's a. Once we get past this next couple of weeks, uh, I'm really excited about the schedule leading up to the start of the season because there's some tracks in there that uh, I really enjoy and think think can really help me gain some eye rating. Yeah, now's the time to get it up because when the Daytona 500 rolls up and if you're doing the NIS series, that's the cutoff of where they set the division for the entire year. So... Um, you want to get up as high as you can. It kind of bit me this last year being in Division One, and uh, I just didn't excel. I, I don't. I guess I don't really belong there. Is what the truth is. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Uh, 
the I rating is. It's supposed to put you where your skill level is. All right, looks like John Hammer connected via iPhone. Hey, John, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining. We were just talking about uh, the holiday update. You know, what have you been doing the last two or three weeks, uh, you know, on iRacing or just in general? What have you been up to, John? Well, I've been getting trashed in a couple of places, apparently. (laughs) Nice. uh, You know, the forums are relentless, but uh, there's somewhat of a tide turn there, which is good. Had some articles written about us, which was interesting, but uh, got a couple of new teammates. Um, took a week off, but uh, pretty much the same as before the holidays. Yeah, our team has really uh, been real quiet over the off season, um, more than usual. Don't don't you think, Carlos? Was what that? have you been doing, Carlos? Uh, I don't know. Whole bunch of things. One, been trying to get stuff going for a twenty four hour. Yes, setups and everything. So I've been pretty busy with that. And I don't know if anyone knows, but I'm on, on my actual channel myself, I did a whole month of nothing uh, except Gran Turismo. A whole month of that, and safe to say I'm kind of kind of sick of the game, even though I love the game, but still. <laughs> and actually, this past three days or so, I've been doing a lot of GT3 racing, and let me tell you, those races, you never know how they're going to go down. Are you going up and down in those races? I kind of stuck in the middle. I would go up and I, I went up in half of them, my rating wise. Safety rating wise, I went down in the others. So I'm pretty yeah. much where I was at last week. I gained a lot. Let's say the past, uh, the week before. So me and Brad have been running a lot of Proto GT. Pretty long races last week. They're like an hour and a half or hour 15 minutes. Yeah, I was in a couple. I was in one or two of those last week. They're long races. I had to bail out. Yeah, they're pretty long. They're longer than normal. They were. They're usually forty-five minutes or an hour or something like that. But this went on like an hour fifteen. Had had a second place actually. HPD. Nice. So I'll take that. Gained a ton of I rating, and I was two I rating away from getting to twenty-one hundred on my road, and I'm back to twenty twenty-four. I love that uh, C6R Corvette. That thing is awesome. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, so that um, other game you mentioned you were playing, is that an AI game where you race in the computers? Oh, yeah, it's old. It's from 1999. Okay. It's from, you know, early uh, or late, I should say, PlayStation 1 days. That's how I started is uh, Gran Turismo. Yep. So what about the rest of the team? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of activity. Jose's kind of disappeared. Yeah, Jose, uh, me and him practiced the other day, and I think Taylor Burris was in here talking about the league. Right. And Brad, like I said, he's been running with uh, with me. We've been running a lot of races the last week, but he had to go back to work this week, so he's been kind of busy with that. Yeah, he had some time off there over the holiday where he was doing nothing but racing, right? Yep. Yeah, he was in everything. Uh, I think Jamie was on a couple of days out of the week just to talk about uh, something. I don't remember what. I think it's just practicing random oval cars. Yeah, Jamie's. I, I see him on regularly during the week at night. I think he practices through the week for a fixed and then gets into a race on, on maybe Friday night or Saturday. Yeah, I actually ran one of those. 
AFIX at a auto club. And uh, everyone pitted with like six to go on 20 lap tires. And I kind of stayed out on accident. So I kind of had to deal with it. Well, not a very uh, fun feeling. Finish sixth, though. I'll take it. Got yeah, Got lucky with the yellow with two to go. Nice. And then, our guys uh, have been, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead John. I was going to say, our guys, uh, you know, we've been really busy. I think we've been consuming the top uh, top split 10 15% of that, and between 20 and 25% of the second split pretty much every night for uh, season one here of 2017. A lot of guys racing oval for us. That's the way to be doing it, if getting ready for the season. Uh, we seem to not be doing a lot, but as, as a team anyway. Uh, let's talk about Kyle a little bit. He's not been around, and that's basically why we haven't recorded any podcast and why I'm here today to to get one out. But uh, Kyle, uh, congratulations, had uh, new twin babies just uh, recently here, and uh, they're doing well but still at the hospital. Um, but obviously, he's been really busy with uh, the wife and mom and obviously the babies and the other kids he has and his job. And so Kyle's been busy, but congrats to him. I've been talking to Kyle on and off. It's crazy over there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, jump into next topic. Scotty, what do you got next? Uh, it looks like the next topic is the uh, Pro Series. And... Uh, I guess the big news there is uh, Ryan Luza. Uh, he's been in uh, five of the six races. I, I don't know what happened with the sixth race, but the five that he has been in, he's won every one of them. Uh, kind of been dominating there. Uh, he's. Uh, it, it's amazing to me that that uh, one guy could be so dominant at that, but. Uh, looking at his stats, I mean, you look at his last 10 races and he's, he's won nine of them and came in second, the 10th one. Um, it looks like he's on track, uh, to, uh, probably end up at the top of the, the pro series at the end. Oh yeah. Well, and, and I gotta say it must be, this is a very competitive series. This, this road to pro stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at the top 20 currently and I mean, it, it looks like you have to have, you know, well over 5,500 I rating to even have a chance. Yep. But it is amazing to me that, you know, you get one chance a week at this, uh, pro series and, and to dominate like that is pretty big. That, and, uh, you know, the number two guy, Bobby Zelensky, he's been right there with him. All right. And then uh, some of the team here ran uh, Darlington uh, in that series. Um, Jose ran. He started 32nd, finished 20th. Brad Miller ran, started 15th, finished 17th. Uh, David Thompson, Jr., uh, started 28th with no quality and caught up in a couple of wrecks, finished P19. And Scotty, tell, uh, how'd you do? Uh, I went ahead and qualified. I started sixth. Uh, it, you know, that that's it was my first time racing at Darlington. And uh, 
you know, I put in a lot of practice there. I felt pretty confident. I, I just didn't realize how crazy some people would be there. But, uh, you know, and when wrecks happen in front of you, there's just nowhere to go there. And I uh, got caught up in a wreck fairly early, you know, blown motor, you know, the Ouch. half hour repair. And uh, once I got back on the track, I ran real well. Things got spread out. And, uh, you know, but, it, you know, when you're down for a half hour, there just isn't any time to come back. You picked up right where Kyle left off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that happened to him a lot this year. He'd blow a motor. He'd get it fixed. He'd come out and run great. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, you know, finishing 21st or, you know, we were all right around that number. And, uh, you know, f for me personally, I, I wasn't too unhappy with that, I guess, because these are 40, 40 to 42 car fields. So we still finished, you know, in the top 50%. Right. Yeah, uh, John, your team run the series at all or Carlos, you were saying? Sorry about that. No, I was done we have, um, we got a couple of guys in the uh the series. But um I wouldn't say it's our main focus. Okay. Jeremy Johnston's been uh been running the series every week and uh he's pretty focused on it. Um we try to support him but the uh the team as a whole is um looking out for some other, you know, NIS, getting ready for NIS and doing some other stuff, so Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously don't really have any chance <laughs> at, at big points finishes, but I, I'm using it just because I like the longer races and, and it's, uh, it's my opportunity to prepare for the NIS, I guess, uh, you know, with the longer races and just experiencing some of the tracks. I am going to skip Sonoma though. I'm, I just don't, uh, don't feel like I have the time to put in to get ready for that. Yeah, that's when I'll come back. Huh? That's when you're coming, huh? And that'll go on your oval IR, right? Yep. So don't forget that, folks. Uh, it is an oval series, so when they go to Sears Point, it's oval IR. I do got a setup, though, so we're good to go with that, hopefully. Yeah, you'll, you know if if you're the guy who's going to gonna gain, like Carlos, <laughs> or yeah, you're going to lose, <laughs> like me. Last time I thought I'd gain, I ended up losing some. Those are fun because sometimes uh, you'll get a famous driver show up in those races. Uh, we raced Timmy Hill one year. That was pretty cool. He schooled all of us. That's been amazing to me with with that road stuff. How how the the good road guys come over and race, you know, with the cup car when it's running on the road, and how they can be so proficient even in a car they're not so familiar with. It's pretty amazing to me. Vision is vision. You have good vision and eye-hand coordination, and you understand how to race on road courses where you don't. Yeah, that's it. Those guys are killer on those brakes. All right, let's uh, hit the next topic here. Um, they had a hot fix, number two, for season one. Uh, iRacing put out a release. It was uh, December 19th. Uh, and some of that stuff I'm going to talk about was is the DirectX 9 support is ending soon. Okay, so they still haven't pulled the plug on it. A again, they plead, please upgrade to the DirectX 11 version of the SIM and be sure to contact customer support for help with the transition. So 
I imagine the spring update, you know, I always had said, oh, the winter update will be the one when they turn it off. But it sounds like they still left it on. But boy, the next update, they could very well pull the plug on DirectX 9. So if you're not on the 11 version, you need to be. I think it's going to be kind of like the uh, Impala A-car situation. (laughs) Right. It'll be there, but it's at your own peril. Well, I don't think they're updating it anymore. When they put out these updates and stuff, I think they're only doing it on the 11 now. Yeah, that's what I mean. It'll be there, but it'll you're not going to have all of the stuff, you know? Right. At some point, they, they just stopped updating it because they were having to update two sets of codes, you know? The entire sim over here under DirectX 9, the entire sim over here... And they were on separate paths, so you you have to update them both. So they stopped that, I believe. Yeah, that's my understanding of it, too. Okay. Uh, one other key item I thought was the visor cleanliness guidelines are now being enforced for driver swaps. Uh, a driver exiting a vehicle must take his or her dirty visor with them, obviously. <laughs> that's pretty fun. I thought that was kind of funny because that's so obvious, right? Obvious, but uh, to be honest, uh, now that I think about it, running the HPD at, at Le Mans, I don't remember ever getting anything on my visor. Because it wasn't around yet. Was it? I don't think it was. It was this last uh, update they did in December. I think they added it. And then they just fixed it as, as far as if when you do a driver swap. Yeah, plus there was a little bug with it. And they just looked, uh, it would randomly just appear full and dirty for no reason. Oh. So I think that might have been another hot face. I'm not sure if it was this one. Uh, also, they fixed an issue with the driver's head, helmet, or visor could become invisible when viewed from certain camera angles. Uh, they also removed a shadow artifact floating near the driver, visible in some vehicles. The floating driver was funny. <laughs> we had some laughs about that. All right, cool. So, Scotty, what's up next? Uh, it looks like next is the uh, um, NIS uh, series uh, change request uh, that John had worked on. Uh, might be better, John. Do you want to do you want to take this and kind of tell what's going on with it? Yeah, actually, I, after I went over to the roadside, <clears throat> I had noticed that. Um, you know, a lot of those guys over there have somebody that kind of runs or leads their series. And when you come back oval, you're like, wow, there's nobody kind of leading the series here. At least at face value, there isn't. There might be behind the scenes. But I was like, geez, maybe we can do this at with a series over here. And so NIS was the biggest one, and I'm an extremist, so I went right after the big one. So what we did is I saw some people making some comments, you know, about suggestions and what they'd like to see next year and took them and turned them into a, you know, se- sequential polling process to get down to what well, ended up with three answers. Well, three requests. I took those requests and I formulated a what I think was an eloquent email at least and sent that over to Tony. And what they what we ended up with was um 40 cars or more in a race. Obviously, the splits will de- determine how close we get to 40, but 40 is the goal. We asked for the ability to have tire limits in the races, but I kind of knew iRacing 
couldn't do that, I guess, or at least I had a hunch that they could, but I'd made this pretty clear regardless of my opinion. If the community wants to ask for something, I'm just here to organize it, facilitate it. So I pushed it on, but iRacing said they like the idea, but they can't do it. The final one was uh, a request for, which we basically have now is the race length, 50% races with some, you know, signature full length races. So I was surprised actually, I'd, for all the hate that I get on the forums, I got two pages of well done. I think there was a couple of uh, haters in there, but I don't see all the forum posts from certain people. So interestingly, though, people should take note of that because if you make stupid comments and I don't, and then you make a good comment and I have you ignored, you know, I can't take your good comments because you're an idiot and I <laughs> muted you. Well, seeing who one of them are, I'm not surprised. What's that? Just seeing who one of them people are, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. As they just accumulating themselves, so. But um, it seems like everybody, you know, for the most part, the majority is pretty happy. So I'm excited for the for the group more than anything because you go to G Proto GT One there, the Proto Series Proto GT. Actually, I wish I had the guy's name offhand, but I don't. But he he puts up a great post at the beginning of the, you know, the beginning of the series every week, and I'm hoping to work with uh, Matt Busa and Nolan Scott. And um, put together some kind of stuff like that. Maybe a little better, but we'll see. We actually have a meeting tomorrow, hopefully, to uh, discuss it. Well, I got to say, well done, John, as well. When I saw this, I was a little scared that some of the suggestions I ab absolutely don't like. Uh, I, was, so I was a little scared about you going through this process. But I think at the end of the day, iRacing made the right decisions on each request. Uh so they approved the 40 cars per race. They cool. denied the tire limit for the races, which I completely agree with. I, I didn't want yeah, I'm really to have a limit. That. I want to pit when I want to pit, you know? Well, me only is because uh, some people are going to be out of tires and have no choice but to stay out on 40 lap tires, and there goes 90% of the field. And I was following Sometimes. along on some of the discussions on this topic on the forum, and I forget who it was, but somebody was saying pretty well, uh, eloquently, that the tire model itself really doesn't, uh, isn't conducive to having a tire limit. Was would basically like what they, they were saying. Trucks. We have an interesting problem, though, on the service, because I actually did this. I raced in a league where we had, we did it by doing pit stop limits. I don't know any other league that's done this, but... I raced in one where you were only allowed to pit so many times based on the race length. And if you pitted more than that, then you got put a lap down for every time you pitted because there was no tire limits. And it, in a league situation, it's probably a lot more conducive. But in the public servers, we have a lot of wrecking and there's a lot of opinions on why there's a lot of wrecking. And the races are 50% the length. So you really only need one set of two sets of tires to get through the race. So tire limits, I mean, it comes down to if there's 15 cautions in a race, maybe if there's only two sets of tires cause, or three sets because that's what you need, you know, maybe the people will be like, well, I can't go full tilt right off of the bat here because I'm going to have nothing left if we do get a caution. And that's what happened in our league. 
people gave a lot more space. We were pretty aggressive when we didn't have this. And we got a lot less aggressive because you had no chance of winning the race if you used up all your stuff. Now, I'm not saying that it would work here. I'm not really necessarily for or against it. But um, I thought it was an interesting request. I kind of wish they could do, though, for like Xfinity and trucks. Does that make it more realistic? And it does really make a interesting for strategies. You know, I like Carlo's point, you know. There's no tire limit in the Cup Series, so why well, should we is, do it? It's not really relevant. <laughs> yeah, how many do they have? Twenty sets for the weekend, or something? Oh no, I think it's less than that now. Anyway, but in theory, like they don't really have a limit. But in Xfinity and Truck, there actually is a set limit. Then again, maybe if they're going to do a limit, maybe for like short tracks and stuff, where you can stay out on twenty lap tires and really not be at as much of a disadvantage as anywhere else. We've stayed out all week at Richmond on tires, and fin- yep. we've finished in the top five. We've won quite a, quite a few races. We've won a race in Richmond in second split all week, 7.30 and 9.30. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't pan out, but most of the time, it's been working. It's a tire just, in my opinion, it's not conducive to doing that on mile and a half or the, the big tracks. Yep. Short tracks, yeah, I think you're right, Carlos, yeah. I said, you know, a place like hers that are hard to pass, like Martinsville, and that'd be a, there you really don't have to worry about someone being on old tires, because <laughs> you're, you're really not going to pit every time anyway, sometimes, depending on how f- towards the front you are. Yeah, that's a good example. It sounds like by their iRacing answer, denied ability not there at this time, means that the system's just not capable of, it's not programmed in a oh, way yeah. where they can do that. But what, re- what's happened everything. is you've planted the seed now. <laughs> yeah, you got to understand, I'm paraphrasing uh, email conversations, but the simple answer is it can't be done, but they like the idea. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Now they'll be thinking about it. Who knows what will happen in the future. And then the final answer, they they approved uh, race links to be 50% with a few signature 100%. Now, that sounds exactly like the way I wanted it. There were too many 100% races, and this oh, sounds God. like maybe it's been pared down, but... I don't know that. It's, there's no decision on that, and I'm, I'm not sure that we need to really... They're good. I, ex, I expect them to use their good judgment, and they usually do. There might be an opportunity. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's still a little ways away. And, you know, I'd be good with, like, a separate 100% series, but that's when you start to saturate all the races. There's just going to be too many series going on. Yeah, we got leagues for that, right? Yep. Yeah, I like 100% races when it's at a certain track, but, man, when there was one, was it two out of three weeks? There's 200%ers. Right. Yeah, I think the word, the key here is the word signature. Yep. I mean, if everyone goes off of what's a signature race in NASCAR, we're talking not more than five, right? I say Daytona 500. You got your Charlotte 600 ring, and then maybe the Brickyard or something. The Brickyard, right? Throw Darlington, in Southern there. 500, maybe. Don't put me in a box, Mike. I don't know the answer. And Homestead. <laughs> or Mike, something Mike, signature, yeah. Mike's trying to corner me on when they actually are, and I don't know. I'm just saying, as a NASCAR fan, and you say, yeah. tell me the de- signature track, there's like five. What yeah. was there this year? Like eleven? There was exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Is let's get that eleven pared down a bit. 
That's really the only problem I had with it was there's two. A lot of people don't have the time to race for a full length, but they do have time for a half length. You know what I'm saying? They have just enough to finish a, what's say, hour and a half, two hour race. Or if they're or just not. not confident, you know, hey, I don't know yeah. if I can pull off a full race. Sometimes I like the full length races because it does kind of weed out some of the the wreckers, but problem is if you're caught up in one of those early wrecks, it's a full length race of misery. I mean, that brings up a good point, too. And, and one thing, John, that I was really hoping we'd get enough votes on was the uh, the incident limit deal. I, I think it's too high. I think it allows people to be too crazy and still maintain the ability to race. Yeah, speaking of that, there's this, uh, see, Jay Heishman ran a truck series league the other day, and their limit's 10 no matter what. And they went to Daytona Road Course in a truck. With only 10 incidents, and no one can get one every time through the bus stop, and not a lot of them got DQ'd, believe it or not, because they were so cautious and worried about getting DQ'd, they weren't running into each other, even though a couple did spin, but that was their own doing. So, in theory, it could work, you just gotta, would it work for official? I think it would. I mean, I, it, it, what aggravates me is, you, you know, I've only really experienced this in the pro series, but, uh, you know, you have a, a, say, 160 lap race, you know, and you, you get, uh, you get people that are wrecking all over the place at the beginning and all of a sudden they come out 90 laps into the race, 40 laps down and, and they're trying to race you like they're racing for position and then, it gets aggravating. I mean, I, I don't. It it definitely wouldn't eliminate all of that, but it, I, it, I think it would pare it down or make people think about it a little more. I see. Maybe if you can go down to ten incidents per race, but increase or decrease the sensitivity for four X's, so it, it just a little light taps won't give you a four X. You have to really run into somebody to get one. I'm just going to say that you know the incident limit is. There's a couple of things. One, we're dealing with a D license, right? Oh yeah, so that. So we got a D license in here. So the whole thing is tailored, in my mind, the way the license structure is for the series around a ton of participation. Again, they should maybe go to a B 4.0 or an A license. So my problem with it is maybe we went after it the wrong approach. Maybe we next year we say, well, let's go after a C 4.0. Yeah, or something but, like that. But is it really... I mean, we're in the upper splits, the mid to upper splits, so you can't, it's not likely that... The D license is the problem, right? No, I don't even see D license. Yeah, actually, you know what? Me and his lower splits are sometimes cleaner than higher splits. Exactly. So, yeah, well, I wouldn't do much. I can tell you one thing. The races I was in in this pro series, it, there's been multiple times where you get to that last, last 20% of the race, and I start hearing people on the radio saying, you know, oh, guys, I got to be careful. I only got two X left or four X left and I'm out God. and they start all of a sudden they start driving cautious. Well, if it was lower in theory, they would start driving more cautious earlier in the race. Then again, I'm probably biased against all incident the cap because of the, I got DQ'd in one of those GT threes I did. And like 12 of those were not my doing. Just got run into three times with the back from some genius. But like I said, if they can minimize the sensitivity of it causing a 4x it wouldn't be as big of a problem i'm kind of glad it didn't go through because it would have been a major point of controversy when it actually started getting going i think 
Oh, yeah, it'd be like a 20-page thread instead of three. <laughs> if people were that frustrated about it, we would have gotten 200 votes easy. Well, you, we, got 300, we got 300 for the other two. That's a lot of votes. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to have that group of people, too, that are be like Rubbin's racing, right? So you're telling me I can't rub on anybody, you know? Yeah. Like I said, the best way for me, if they want to implement something like that, go down to 10 and make it harder to get 4Xs, but, you know, still, where if you get punted by somebody hard enough, it's still going to count, you know? Or you punt somebody hard enough, it's going to count to them. Well, we all know they got to redo the damage model thing because of dirt. dirt. Yeah. So they're going to take that kind of thing, and, you know, they're going to have to decrease sensitivity 4Xs. We're going to be running dirt. There's going to be contact. There's no... You know, there's no if it's going to happen, it's when. But that's a great idea, Carlos, is take the sensitivity that they're building for dirt and apply it to NASCAR. I mean, don't make it like so, you know, where you have to destroy somebody's car to get a 4X. Just make it so it's not as sensitive. Like now, sometimes you can have light contact on any side of the car and they get you for a 4X. You know, where it shouldn't be a 4X, it should be a 0X. Right. It definitely doesn't seem to be consistent, at least to me, on when it gives you a 0x versus a 4x. Well, there's a lot of things in between you and and the person in front of you. You have internet latency, you have all the servers, you have your equipment, their equipment. So, I mean, that's, you know, prediction code and internet and net code. That's really, really, iRacing does a phenomenal job with that, but that's that's a tough deal. Uh, they're probably the only one I've seen that does such a great job when it comes to predicting when a car is going to be where and when, making it as accurate as they possibly can. But like you said, there's only going to be so much they can do. No matter what, we just don't have technology there. That's there yet. I'd leave it at this. It could be a lot worse. It could be way worse. But it probably yeah, it could, could be a set of course. It could be a little bit better. Okay, let's jump to the next topic here. Uh, there was a bug reported. And it was kind of funny on the forums uh, when they post the pictures up, but the driver is standing straight up in the middle of the car sideways and like cut off at the waist. The roof is like cutting through his waist and he's standing straight up and he's looking to the right. And uh, the guy's on the grid and he sees all the cars on the grid ahead of him and every driver and every car is standing straight up. And so what it turns out, this is a, this is DX9. This is people on DX9, and apparently there was a bug where this uh, this happened if you were on DX9. And apparently they're going to fix it and put out a, a, a some kind of patch for it at some point. That got one of my guys on DX11. <laughs> yeah, when it looks funny like that, and that's the only way mm-hmm. to fix it. Yeah, job idea. well done. <laughs> so it makes you wonder if they did that it. on purpose. The crazy thing to me is that that the art was even there to simulate a, a stand-up driver. Because does does that ever show up anywhere else in the sim? Good point. I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty crazy looking. Uh, so yeah, get on DX11, people. Okay, Scotty, what's next? The next is a, a forum post about uh, somebody asking if there was. Uh, any type of uh, LAN or commercial version of uh, iRacing so that they could, I'm guessing, not over a an internet connection, but more of a uh, a network 
connect more than one computer together and race people uh, on iRacing. And, uh, and there's a lot of, of uh, back and forth about if there was and some assumptions. Uh, and then Randy Cassidy, uh, a staff member, posted that there are actually two commercial type, type versions. Uh, one is the trade, trade show version, which is completely offline uh, and, and connects the two. Uh, actually, it doesn't connect anything. Uh, it only allows you to, to run the session offline on one simulator. And then there's also a commercial version, which, which does allow, the, uh, allow you to have a server and connect uh, multiple machines together. Uh, and it says that that is something that they originally developed for the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, and has been used by others as well. I can actually comment on this because I contacted iRacing as a, this comes back to our whole business thing. So our company is a business. And one of our sponsors, uh, we were working with, we we're um, Universal Forest Products. We we're actually considering getting a business account and bringing a SIM, setting up a SIM and everything down at um, Universal Forest Products in Pennsylvania and have them have the SIM available under a no excuses racing account, essentially, which would be a business account. And they would have that as like a recreation activity inside of their facilities. So I contacted Tony Gardner and worked with, I'll get the gentleman's name here in a minute because I'm digging up my emails on it. But um, we're basically, a, you know, dollar value and a handshake away from being able to do that. So they basically said, you know, the same thing to us that they said on the forums. But um, it's pretty cool. You pay a certain dollar value and you get 100% content, essentially. And that's when sometimes you can see people online with the same username because it's like a business or an enterprise that has a number of simulations that, you know, they can get online with accounts. I kind of have a problem with that because... You know, the rest of us are using our real names and we're racing as individuals. And then when you get one of these guys in your race, that's a business. You have no idea, you know, what's not, you know, some kid, snotty nosed kid sitting there or whoever you're racing is going to wreck you. You know, you have no idea who's behind the wheel. Yeah, in our case, it would have been through our own licensed business. So in my mind, me as the team manager would be accountable for whatever happens with that account. So in that light, you know, there's a quality control measure. Yeah, it depends on if these businesses get into, you know, general races with everybody else or if they just stay to themselves, you know. They set up a hosted lock session or whatever. Yeah, you wonder how they would would rate those people would it just be like a like a rookie where they're rated at what like 1350 ir or something and that's just where it stays as far as i know you come in like a regular user and what i to scotty's point they obviously wouldn't gain any ir because you know i think you do i mean you could but what i'm saying is you got a different person sitting down in the wheel you know all the time it's unlikely they're going to do well, you know? Oh, in that light, yeah. 
we weren't we didn't intend to have it set up to be clear we didn't have it intended to be set up as accounts on iRaising we were going to use it as like a club situation okay you know employees of the company like basically racing against each other like if you went to the hall of fame or something like that i wouldn't have anticipated them and my intention at least wasn't to have them as accounts for people to irate Yeah, it's just a matter of, yeah, are you going to get in with the general public racing or not? So I guess the NASCAR Hall of Fame, they're sanctioned off, and it's not like I can go into hosted and jump in with those guys. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm be right. eating my lunch, guys, so you just keep talking like you are. I'll still be here. That's funny. I just got done eating my <laughs> clock's ticking on me here. All right, let's jump to the next topic. Um Bruce Corey is an iRacer that we've talked about a, a long time ago, but he's got this fabulous rig, and he put it on YouTube about a year ago, and we actually talked about it a year ago, but he did an update video here in December, and uh, I'm, I'm impressed. You know, he has a great setup, and, you know, I'll talk a little bit about what he's got. The, he's got Sim Experience Stage 3. He's got Fanatec gear. He's got 27-inch triples. He's got a 24-inch for the te telemetry third-party software. He's got another extra monitor uh, for watching TV or security cameras. He's got a Kirky racing seat, custom DIY dash with real Xfinity spec gauges. Three, count them, three DSD button boxes and two tablets. I'm liking them gauges. I was like, the gauges are awesome. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> just that list is pretty extreme. But then you throw in he's got like twenty butt kickers and uh, yeah, that's not the full list. That's so many, the so many, so many other things involved there that I'd hate to see his electric bill while that thing's running. He's got literally everything you can have, right? I can't think of anything he doesn't have. Doesn't he also have the the yellow and green, you know, LED lights and all that? The flag lights, eye flag. Yeah, he, I don't think he showed it during that video, but he definitely talked about having them. Right. What, what's interesting? I, I mean, I guess you just never know about people, but the, I guess he could run a lot of uh, hosted races, but he, it doesn't look like he races that much official and is i-rating hasn't really went above 1500 or so so i mean he's not a hardcore you know on there all the time guy unless he's racing a lot of hosted yeah you never know you know some people they just uh work on the equipment you know and that's the hobby you know <laughs> says the guy with amazing rig but i think you have the best one on our team don't you who does you <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I have like seven different monitors, but I've just worked on it. And I'm probably done building on it. You know, I'm not, I don't have butt stickers and I don't have motion. I mean, that's a huge oh, jump yeah. right there. He's got the stage three sim, sim experience. All right. Well, anyway, uh, good job, Bruce. We're impressed. I'm impressed. I hope you're listening. Scotty, what's next? Uh, the next is a forum post. Uh, 
uh, where a, a member posed the question of who has the highest forum post count. Um, several people chimed in. Uh, it looks like everybody decided that Andrew Bake back. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. It, it, by my count, it looks like he has the highest at uh, 33,693 posts. Dying. That's over several years, but still. It makes me wonder how many posts I have now that you bring it up. I have 945 messages posted. 19 topics created. There was several people over that eight to 10,000 mark, too, which is pretty amazing. Pickford has the most cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way. Oh, let's give him an award. <laughs> well, 33,000, man, that's a big number. Okay, that's moving crazy. on. Uh, there was a bug reported over the holidays uh, from certain people where their uh, frames per second cut in half after the December update. And um, there were several posts about it where in troubleshooting by iRacing. They said it might be a bug with the track decals or marbles or something like that. And then at one point on um, uh, January 4th, they said, we pin, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Nash from iRacing said, we pinpointed a one-line code change that increased the MIP bias of the marble texture. That change was killing performance on some GPUs, including the GTX 970s. The fix is in testing along with other fixes for an upcoming patch. Thank you. So there you have it. Yeah. So there was a, a bit, that's a pretty big bug. Yeah. They're pretty good about fixing those though. Especially yep. if it's quantifiable. Yeah. But Maybe. you know, it, I think this was a good job of an, a classic example of, the community working with iRacing in the forums to figure out what's wrong and actually implement a fix. Yeah, I don't know if I just uh, was behind the ball or what, but I I never ran into that issue. It, it's certain video cards. Uh, they were pointing out the GTXs uh, specifically, and even the new 1080. It was definitely an NVIDIA problem. Right, that's what I mean. It was it was on that side of the... So if you have the other one, it doesn't much affect you. Didn't bother me, none. <laughs> Some of my teammates had the problem, so... Okay, Scotty, what's next? Next up looks like uh, there was a new release for the Z1 dashboard, uh, release 4.9.0. I don't know what all they changed. I think they added a couple new dashes, and I think that one of their biggest additions maybe was the, the addition of a voice option where you can have it talk to you. I'm not sure if that was there before or not. I think they also had to update the code. Um, he had to update the code from the latest release. I'm guessing, though. Well, yeah, I mean, in, there's a couple ways to sign up. I was hoping Jose would be on, but Jose... Uh, pays the monthly fee where he gets every update. 
Um, and I think somebody else on our team does that too, but I don't. I just bought it the one time, so I don't get the updates. I have a I have it to where I paid for two years of updates up front, I believe. But but uh, but I just I did this new version, but I before I started, I just started using it once this new version was released, and so I don't really have a lot of experience with it before that. Oh, it does a lot. There's a lot of things you can do with it. I run it on uh, my big monitor, my 55-inch up above that's on the wall. And I run six instances of it and have something different on each window. And it works out pretty good. Yeah, I think that's that's the max you can run, right? Six and then just have different screens for each one. Yeah, it's pretty cool when people walk in. And it's more like eye candy more than anything. I mean, I kind of do I do use it by glancing up to see temps. But I don't like I'm not actively looking at it while I'm racing, you know, and it, it's more of eye candy for other people who come in my office. They're like, whoa, what's what's all this? Do you use it for the, the fuel calculations or do you use something else? Yeah, I speeds up there, too. Uh, that's the one thing that besides the Z1 dashboard, but I have a tiny little square for I speed fuel. So you don't use the Z1 fuel calculator? Nope, I haven't even looked at it, actually, uh, that one. Uh, I don't know if it's any good. I haven't heard anything about it. Do you have any feedback? Or I haven't started using it, but I've, I've read some feedback where people had said it's it's pretty nice. I, I don't know if, if the iSpeed has the function or not, but it has the ability to, to calculate fuel needed to finish, and, and I believe you can hotkey it to where it automatically uses that amount. A lot of our guys are using this. I'd say more than half. Probably like seven, seven to ten guys, maybe. <laughs> Oddly, I don't use it at all. I don't use any of <laughs> those softwares, but the guys like it. And um, I know that they've got them all. Most of them have them up on fourth monitors. Yeah, I think it's we, pretty much the best one out there, in my opinion. I've tried a, a lot of them. We use them for the fuel calculations. Basically, for the fuel calculations is the biggest thing that we use it for, actually. I've been using iSpeed for years for the fuel, and I'm just used to that. I know how it works. I know how accurate it is and whatnot. So I've been happy with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I might take a look at the Z1 dashboard one. I need to see... The thing is, is my update might not have that fuel thing in it. I'm not sure if it does, because I only bought the one update. The other thing is, is that with triple monitors, these guys are using, you need the Z1 for your dashes. So I misspoke. The, the biggest reason for it is for the, the gauges and the dash, and then we're using it for um, fuel. Yeah, the gauges are great. Yeah, if you got the FOV really close and you know, like it should be, I guess, then you can't see any of the day gadget, any of the dash or gauges in the uh, Gen 6 or the B car. Yep, that's true. If you can see your gauges and you have triples, you don't, you're not set up right. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Next topic is a Sparco. They have announced a uh, cockpit that they're going to start selling. Um, and basically, they've announced a new division to their company that's going to specialize in the virtual side of racing. 
Um, the cockpit is called Evolve. And it's uh, it's probably what I would call an entry-level kind of cockpit. It's really low-key. A seat sitting on a base. That base also has a little pedal attachment. And uh, one you know monopole coming up for a steering wheel base and pretty straightforward well let's talk about this for a second real quick just the idea of sparco coming in sparco is pretty big in the tuner industry right i mean we're talking about sim racing here and people are talking about how sim racing is a game whatever whatever but here we are with businesses legitimate businesses investing how many different rigs can you get how many different, you know, setups, in-house setups can you get? Guys spend a lot of money on this stuff. This is a good business to be in. Niche, probably, but, I mean, just the idea of some coming into this, to me, is a kind of a game changer. I mean, it looks nice. It's it's a black with red trim. It's got the Sparco all over it, you know? I mean, that's Sparco. It reminds me uh, a lot of the play seat. Products. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The design of it, the look of it, right? I haven't seen it, but I'm just excited that another business is getting involved. It's cool. Yeah, I agree, John. I think uh, when you get talking to about stuff like Sparco making steering wheels, where they might eventually get into that market also. Yeah, they made a division of this. Yeah, and the the article here is speculating just that that it makes it sound like Sparco's working on a steering wheel that will work with both consoles and the PC. This could be an interesting competitor to Logitech, Thrustmaster, and Fanatec. But I have not found out if this is a hundred percent confirmation, et cetera, et cetera. So there's speculation that this new division in Sparco is really this is just the first step. The cockpit was the first step, and they're going to bring other products. Is what they're speculating. I don't believe there's any mention of pricing on there either. Is there? No. But there's a picture of one, so they obviously have at least a mock-up. So stay tuned. That'll be interesting uh, to watch for that uh, coming forward. That's a big deal. That's, that's a good grab. Whoever found that. All right, Scotty, what's next? Uh, next up, it looks like uh, an article about uh, the Formula E uh, Vegas race um, that a lot of the iRacing's top guys are going to be competing in. Uh, big money up for grabs. Uh, talking about uh, how uh, an event like this will uh, change how we see sim racing and change the sport in general. Uh, upping the level up quite a bit. Um, I don't know that I'll read the whole thing, but we can go through a few highlights. Um, I know the Team Redline is, is one of them. They've got several guys going there. Uh, I don't remember the, the total number of people, but it, it does say uh, even the driver that finishes in 30th place is guaranteed $20,000. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, this happens tomorrow, actually. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I wasn't assuming it was meaning. Uh, yeah, Saturday, January 7th. I, I wonder if they'll have some kind of live feed about that. Yeah, I certainly want to watch for that. It, this is interesting because there's real money on the line. And you know what? The best names in sim racing are in this race, including Gregor Hutu. Okay. Um, the, you know, and his, his entire team, Ollie Pakala, the uh, Alexi Sua Jacola, uh, the Finnish guy. The Dutch guy, Bonus Hewis, uh, Enzo Bonito. So, yeah, lots of people from the Formula One side of iRacing are participating. Yeah, I think uh, most of the top-level road teams have a couple guys there. I know Red Line's in there. I know Apex has a couple with, uh, uh, who is it, maybe Carol? um is in there uh, uh but like you said it, it, mostly the road guys but definitely a lot of the top teams have one or two guys participating in it yeah i'll be in that race <laughs> yeah <Kidding>. right <laughs> now why you know and i guess i think they're using r factor but i'm not certain but they're definitely not using i racing are they no Good question yeah I, I think it is some version uh of our factor and and i i guess i'll just throw it out why why in the world are they not using iRacing for this i mean our, it just seems so pretty good our factor is pretty good i guess i've never been in it mike but i've heard a lot of good things about it i mean yeah but i think if you look at the sim industry and the sim community as a whole it, the consensus is iRacing is a better product. There's just more people there. There's more, I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. I, well, peer-to-peer, -peer, the peer-to-peer -peer part of it is uncontested. But the, I'm not stating this, but there's claims. A lot of people like the feel of R-Factor better. Some people like, I said, of course, oh, you know, so who's to say who's right or wrong? I mean, I think Dave Kamer is doing something unique with his tire model. I don't, I mean, that's people don't necessarily have a consensus on which sim is the best in that department. I think iRacing is the best, but I'm biased and I've never even tried R Factor. I've tried a set of Corso, but I mean, I, I don't know. I've heard good things about R Factor. So. I think a lot of it comes. A lot of it comes down to marketing too. I know that uh, in my search for some kind of simulated racing. Uh, FSR is the first thing I ran across, and then uh, which is, I believe, R Factor based, and uh, it wasn't later that I ran across iRacing. I just I don't know that they do the best job of of marketing. Maybe some of these other places got to the to the Formula E before iRacing. The only one that seems close is uh, R Factor Two, which personally I think is better than R Factor One was by a mile, but. Like I said, iRacing is bigger. Well, yeah, I did confirm looking at the article here that motorsport.com did an article and uh, it is our factor based uh, simulator. It doesn't say specifically which one they're in, but don't forget Max Verstappen, the Formula One driver. He's part of this uh, red line. He's in this race as well as all the good 
Formula E racers. Okay. So it's not just the sim racers. That's the sim racers against the, uh, the regular racers from the Formula E. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I'd love for iRacing to get somehow involved in this. Um, so I'll just say it. And I think Scotty, you said it. It's, it's about marketing. It's about money. It's about, you know, promotion. They got to get involved in these events. This is the biggest event ever that's been paid this much money uh, that in sim racing. And somehow iRacing is not in the middle of it. Yeah, they kind of do their own thing. So, and, and we have our own. Th- we have the Peak Series and, and whatnot. And you got your Formula One. and But to have this one-off event, you know, with such a big purse... Pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so next up, we were going to talk about is well, NASCAR got a new series sponsor, Monster Energy. So, well, at least one person was speculating on the forums what's going to happen, you know? Are we going to see the new logo on all the iRacing tracks and uh, are they going to rename some of these series? Is you know the NASCAR iRacing series going to you know contain the word monster in it? What do you think? I can't see that happening personally. Just unless you know Monster would happen to kick in something for it, I can't imagine iRacing doing free advertising for that. Well, to me, the first thing you got to look at is how does it impact iRacing. I don't know if it really does because nothing is sprint cup in iRacing. That's a pretty key note, if you, in my opinion, because they don't have to change a lot, if anything, except for the tracks. Yeah, I imagine. I, to be honest, I can't say for sure, but I imagine there's some signage around the tracks somewhere that say Sprint or Nextel or something. But well, some of them still say Winston. <laughs> Well, I don't think that you go arbitrarily changing them. You wait until the tracks themselves change them, the real tracks, and then you model that, whatever they do. So I just imagine they'll update to the the Monster logos when they actually update tracks, you know. Like Atlanta and Texas are getting a repave this year, so hopefully iRacing is going to rescan those and and redo them. Let's wait and see. Okay, next up, uh, Scotty, what's up? Looks like a uh, a forum post, uh, somebody asking about uh, crashing the homepage with the new build. Um, I never had that problem. Did any of you guys? Nope. A couple of teammates did, though. <laughs> eight, page, uh, eight pages on that forum post. There's a lot of people chiming in. Yeah, and that may be another thing that that was fixed by the time that I got to it. But the same same thing as the other one, uh, you know, a lot of uh, community feedback and and uh, a lot of people posting logs and different things to help iRacing get to the bottom of it. Yeah, that's how things get fixed around there. I mean, outside of them fixing themselves, I mean, the community contributes like that. I know I've been involved with a couple of tests and fixing the Q bar thing. 
That was pretty awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, next up, protest emails. Uh, uh, apparently, some point over the holiday, if you sent in a protest, you weren't getting that normal email back from iRacing that you would normally get after successfully filing one. Nim Cross chimed in on one of the posts and said uh, they recently changed processes, so that may be part of the issue. The protests are still being received. Thank you. So just wanted to mention that, that they are changing the processes. I don't know what the final outcome is, though. Okay, Scotty, what's next? I think Lance sent this one in, this story. Is that the uh, wearable sound system? I, I, uh, The link isn't working for me currently, but uh, let me try opening it up. If, uh, if you've got it yeah, open, Yeah, I got you can it open. It. And uh, Lance, uh, our teammate, sent this in and... Sounds like something he would try. He's the guy with the that has the VR goggles. Um, but this is a vest that you put on. It kind of looks like a bulletproof vest that you would strap on. But uh, it's got a front and a back to it. It kind of goes over your shoulders and it straps together. And it basically is a wearable sound system. And so we've we've talked about these before, but this is a new company a new product uh but we've seen something similar to this before this one actually looks nicer and um i imagine what it would feel like wearing that while you're racing and maybe you can feel the bumps and whatnot yeah i i, I it finally opened up for me it, it, it does look interesting i, I mean to me, the the look feels more like it's aimed towards first person shooter games. But imagine if if iRacing was able to model the sound in to give you that, you know, feeling in your chest of the vibrations from the motor and, like you said, bumps and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. There's a video actually on the Amazon page uh, about it, and uh, it's a marketing video. But basically. Yeah, it shows them doing shoot-up games, and it shows a lot of people using it with VR. And it even shows somebody, like, jogging with one on. So I guess you go jogging, and you have the sound system playing your music while you jog or whatever. It's 350 bucks. Pretty cool. Might check that out. All right, next up was an article I found somewhere on social media. And I haven't really seen a lot of other stuff about it. But um, sim racers have started the International Federation to structure sim racing across all simulators and countries. So I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I read a little bit about it. I, I'm not sure that I was... Uh, hundred percent sure what the what the end result was going to be of it but i see a lot of the big iRacing teams are, are part of it yeah if it actually lists on this website you know who's involved and you know all the like you said big teams and communities are in there but yeah what's become of it i have no idea it says the idea for the federation was introduced at the 2016 sim racing expo at nurburing and so it sounds like it's just getting off the ground, but um, good. You know, like like you said earlier, John, about the series that in the iRacing, there's no, you know, 
association. There's no leadership. There's no direction and sim racing in general. And maybe this is a good thing. Yeah. The, not to silo everybody in I racing into a series because it doesn't always work like that, but it should be nice to be able to go into a place and go like, okay, this is what's going on. Right. And to be clear, I don't fault racing for that. You know, they, that's a lot of series to manage. There's no reason why a community can't pitch in. Okay. Scotty, what's up next? Uh, up next is a, a Twitter post congratulating Chase Briscoe on, on his uh, Race of Champions win. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched it. I I actually only caught like the last maybe 15 laps or 10 laps and it uh, it got pretty crazy there. That, uh, to me, that was an interesting choice for a track uh, for a bunch of people that the majority have never, or it, if ever, they probably haven't done a lot of experience on iRacing. But uh, to be at a track like Phoenix in that car, it's not the easiest track. And it, it got pretty messy towards the end. Uh, and, and I believe Chase maybe only led like the last lap or two. Yeah, pretty cool. And and uh it IndyCar at Phoenix is what it was. And we talked about this or or on the previous some of the previous podcasts about who was in it, but boy, it's a who's who of uh racing in general. Um we had some IndyCar drivers in there and so forth. And uh Sam Schmidt, obviously. And uh I think one of the funniest things about the race was when uh Oriel Servia and and Townsend Bell, these IndyCar drivers are wondering how Sam Schmidt beat him, but he did. <laughs> Can't comment much on it. I didn't see it at all, and I really didn't follow it. Cool, yeah, I think he finished seventh. Uh, Sam Schmidt with his uh, mouthpiece. Remember, he's paralyzed, and he's driving with a straw uh, in his breath. It's crazy. He, he can even do it, and he was beating actual IndyCar drivers. Yeah, I was impressed uh, that because uh, it seems like a, a relatively new setup that they got working for him, and that he was that proficient with it already. Yeah, Mitchell DeJong uh, was in that race as well. Timmy Hill, Alex Gurney, Kyle Larson uh, finished uh, in the top ten there. Oriel Serv- Servia, Stefan Wilson. Kyle got Kyle got Kyled. <laughs> Yes, so unlucky. What he got too high? Let me guess and hit the wall. <laughs> uh, no, not really. It's more like he got wrecked. Um, he yeah, got wasn't wrecked. that was Mitchell that wrecked him, wasn't it? There at the end. Yeah, yeah Tommy Kendall was in the race. Josh Berry, Denny Hamlin. I mean, yeah, he, he's in NASCAR, so it's not like he's living small. But I mean, <laughs> he can't catch a break. Uh, Sam Schmidt finished 16th, and he did beat Will Power as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pretty cool. I, the, at the end of the uh, broadcast, they actually have interviews with a lot of those drivers, so it's kind of uh, fun to watch that. All right, next up is big news for 2017, uh, from iRacing at least. Their big news is Porsche is coming to iRacing. What'd you say, dirt? What? Porsche. (laughs) Yeah, where's our dirt? Yeah. (laughs) So, Carlos, are you excited for Porsche? Yeah, not really. (laughs) I mean, we already 
technically speaking, we already have three. We're with the, what do you call them things? Rough. Rough. <laughs> but maybe that'll open the, the door for LMP1. You guys watch Top Gear UK at all? Jeremy Clarkson? Nope. I side with Jeremy. I side with Jeremy Clarkson, and all he does is make fun of how boring Porsche is. So I'm just oh. going to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think uh, I think it's neat. I think the the big thing to me is where we talked about maybe iRacing missing the boat on uh, promoting themselves for the the Formula E deal. Uh, they've obviously been working behind the scenes pretty hard on this deal to to pair with Porsche. Uh, so I think. Uh, you know they're they're doing some some good things. They just probably can't don't have the manpower to cover it all. Well, the main thing there for Porsche is that E was it EA they had the license previously. And they Forever. were only allowed. And they're done they, with that. Yeah, it expired didn't it this year? And yep, die racing got them. So that's cool. Good. Yeah, for whoever racing. is in charge of getting these contracts has done a great job lately because they got the two teams that were unattainable. And that was Ferrari and now Porsche. Yeah, like Carlos said, uh, you know, I think that we'll see the uh, the other Porsche cars come in also. I think they've already said maybe the LMP was coming. Yeah, if they get us an LMP1 or hell, even that, uh, was it a 917 30 Spider or something like that? Uh, one that racing Can Am. Game after racing that on here. 1,500 horses at your disposal. Nice. <laughs> Uh, there are some details here from uh, one of the uh, staff members. Our plan is to end the rough cup series when the Porsche GT3 Cup becomes available, which is planned later this month in January. We will then immediately start a new series with a brand new Porsche GT3 Cup. The rough C-Spec also runs in the IMSA series. We will not be changing that series mid-season. Uh, additional notes here. The Porsche GT3 Cup is a completely new car from the rough C-Spec. We're building it from the ground up. It's simply not a rebadging of the rough. The Porsche GT3 Cup will sell for our standard price of $1,195 once it is available. Actually, you know, I might race that more since hopefully they'll have a proper interior. Compared to that cheap one, man, yeah. Well, probably would. I think the GT3 uh, Cup is a pretty much a race car. It's legal, isn't it? Yeah, it's a car you can buy off the show showroom floor, but it's a like a race spec type car. I see it'll look better on the inside compared to what we have now, which is like a regular street car. Yeah, it's definitely got more of a race car vibe on the inside. Okay, cool. Porsche. Scotty, what's next? Um, next up is a, a steering wheel that uh, Main Performance is uh, going to be releasing. And uh, they talk about it being lightweight at 1.4 pounds. Uh, it's made out of aluminum. Looks like it's coated in, uh, powder coated in, in black or. Uh, you can get it in the natural aluminum collar. Uh, it looks like it comes with some some provisions for buttons. Um, looks like a pretty nice wheel. Awesome. 15-inch diameter. It's big. 
Yeah, and I think the I think the price is pretty good too, under under two hundred bucks for a, a a really nice looking wheel. I'm gonna uh, cut in quick, guys. I'm gonna bounce out. I might be here, but I probably won't be contributing much here until the very end. But uh, well, thanks for joining us, John. Uh, as always, uh, we appreciate your input. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to stay on team speak here, but yeah, and yeah. also thank thanks for uh, all the efforts with the NIS too. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll see you next week. I'll try and stay on here, but uh, cool. thanks to my company here, Malone McBroom, for giving me this hour. <laughs> there you go. That's, I'll be around here. Okay, cool. Main performance PC um, making this wheel has me very excited because I own their brakes. I love their brakes, their pedals. And if he made a complete steering wheel setup, which this is the kind of the start of it. Looks like he's made an actual wheel. He doesn't have a base for sale, but he has said in the past that he's working on a base and he's working on, you know, new pedals as well. So if he comes out with a wheel, uh, a proper wheel with a base, I mean, this is a proper wheel um, that he's selling now for $195, but if he comes out with a direct drive base to go with it, I'd be interested yeah and i i like the the size option there i mean i i uh i recently upgraded my rig and and i have the mpi 15 inch wheel and you know when you first get it it seems abnormally huge uh, but after doing just a couple races i mean you really really can feel the difference uh it doesn't make me any better probably not but it, it really really makes it feel more authentic over you know the normal 10 or 11 inch plastic wheel yeah that's the thing I'm, i have the g27 it just feels so tiny you know yeah of course the the highest i rating on our team that that guy probably wouldn't agree that it helps you hey what <laughs> you, you gonna buy this wheel anytime soon carlos nope but uh, it, it looks pretty nice. So I'm impressed with what Michael Maine has come up with there. So hopefully he's got a base coming, I hope. Okay, next up is, we're almost done, folks. The Sim Pit provides a look inside last month's iRacing Pro Race of Champions at CXC Simulations. And there's basically a YouTube, vote, uh, YouTube video that got put up... Uh, uh, 13 minutes long. It basically shows some video of these guys running. A lot of those uh, uh, drivers from the Pro Race of Champions that actually went to uh, the CXC simulations over in California and just ran in their rigs that they have set up there. Yeah, that was definitely a cool video. And notice some of them on VR, not even using the triples. So pretty cool. I love their uh, their rigs. They're really nice. They're motion rigs. They got the hydraulics on the back of the seats where, you know, the hydraulics move the seat around. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I, I'd love to try out a motion rig just to see with the feeling, but it... I mean, I, I guess if you really get, get yourself adjusted to it, it, it probably feels... A little more realistic, but it it seems unconventional when you watch it. it. Like it just tosses you around. 
I've oh always God. wanted to try one. I've never had an opportunity, but yeah, boy, they, the price, man. They kind of got to over-exaggerate the movement of it just to simulate a G-Force. Yeah, and I, I feel like it, it from a performance standpoint, it, it would probably be more of a hindrance than a help, but I guess, it, you, you know, for for the immersion factor, it probably helps, but for downright put, performance. Put VR on, and there you go. Yeah, and I've always valued immersion more than anything else myself. But boy, the cost to get into a motion rig is extreme. Yeah, what I think the cheapest I've ever seen was four or five thousand just for the basic seat and tubing. Right. Yeah, it's several thousand dollars to get involved with motion at least. And you get one of these CXC simulation ones, they're they're even more than that. Okay, Scotty, what's up next? Uh, it looks like we've got another uh, maintenance uh, to schedule coming uh, on January 10th. Uh, here in the U.S., Eastern Time would be 9 a.m. Uh, UTC is 1400 and AEDT is, is 0100. Uh, so just know that uh, when you jump on there, you might not be able to race the the races you're used to racing. Yeah, and they're obviously fixing some of those bugs we've been talking about. So, Yeah, it looked like mostly small stuff. Okay, and our final topic, Denny Hamlin has really taken over iRacing this offseason. He was in the uh, race of champions, but he's on iRacing continuously for the last couple of weeks. I see lots of posts on social media from other iRacers that are proud. Oh, I, you know, and they, they put up a screenshot. I just raced with Denny Hamlin, you know, and they put up a screenshot showing his name in the race or whatever. And so he's been doing a lot of C fixed, B fixed, A fixed, uh, races, um, the hourly ones, uh, try working his way up. Uh, I think him and, Michael Waltrip started over their accounts recently, uh, early December, I think it was. And he's been working his way up through the ranks of iRating and, uh, you know, iRacing licenses. So, Yeah, I have, I have an interesting story about that. Uh, I believe it was at Auto Club in B Open. Uh, I was uh, spotting and crew chiefing for, for uh, one of our team members, Brad Fink, and... Uh, he and I are on there together a lot, uh, but I just happened to be spotting for him, and Denny Hamlin joined that B Open race. And <laughs> literally, he 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 comes into the practice room before the race with, I don't know, six or seven minutes before you know the race opens, and and says he you know that and he didn't even say it on a microphone. He says he's got no mic, which, believe it or not. Uh, uh, so he's doing it over text. He says, this is my first time in B open. Does anybody have a setup? And, oh God. I mean, people were falling over themselves. I mean, who knows how many setups he got? I mean, it, it, and, uh, he gets the setup. Uh, I don't remember where he qualified, but he wins the race. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed very cordial during the race. Obviously he wheeled it pretty good. Um, and just being able to take a blind setup and, and win a race, uh, you know, I and mean, we are talking lower splits still, but, uh, he's, he's getting up there and I rating pretty quick, but 
I guess that, you know, I think it's great that these guys are mingling with us and, and racing with us, but I, I mean, I'm not sure I understand the, the thought process, but behind, you know, throwing setups at a guy like that. I mean, I, I think I'd, I'd feel better if I beat the guy than, than give him a setup to let him beat me. Pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I think it's cool because it kind of, I don't want to say legitimize, but it's kind of makes it more legitimate what we're doing. You know, Hey, we, we can race these guys and we're on as good of, as them. And some of those social media posts I'm referring to, you know, the regular iRacer guy actually beat Denny Hamlin, you know, he doesn't always win. And, um, and I thought that was interesting. So, um, it's neat that he's there on the off season and we're able to, you know, race with him. If you can, you're lucky to, enough to get in a race with him and, and beat him, you know, and that makes you feel good. I think a lot of the drivers are just bored because let's see, I ran into Jordan Taylor the other day, you know, he races that, uh, Taylor, Wayne Taylor racing in the, was it Cadillac DBI now? Yeah, he's no slouch. Yeah, he was practicing a C7 Daytona prototype the other day in one of the open sessions and uh, hosted, actually. And the other day, me and Brad uh, were practicing for Camel and ran into Parker Kligerman. Yeah, so there's a lot of people on iRacing, not just Denny. So I, I pulled up Denny's uh, profile on iRacing. His iRating is 35.18, which, hey, guess what? In IS, that makes him Division I. Uh, class A license, SR is 1.63. He, he's he got to that 3,500 pretty quick, too. I mean, it, I want to say, you know, a week or two ago, he was only at like 2,000. Yeah, so if you look at the graph for the I rating... You're right. Uh, probably December eighteenth. Uh, it looks like he was only at the two thousand mark, and now he's uh, right above thirty five hundred. Now look at his winning percentage. Nineteen percent overall career. In twenty seventeen alone, his winning percentage is eighteen percent. Twenty seventeen means just in the okay today today's what the fourth no it's the sixth <laughs> so only know. six days he's had sixty nine starts in six days and he's won thirteen yeah. of those that's a lot of racing I can't even here I thought all them GT threes that I did this week was too much yeah so the last time he raced was the fourth and he ran four times he ran he ran class A fixed. Uh, iRacing National Series, Class C fixed, Class B fixed. Yeah, I, I think one thing I think is really cool, and you kind of touched on it, is that uh, is that it does legitimize iRacing, and and it, it, as as much as people complain about tire models and, and and you know tracks and and everything on the forums, at least. Uh, if you can take a guy like Denny Hamlin that comes in and, and can excel that quickly, uh, you know, his real life experience has to, to be playing out there at some point. Oh yeah. Obviously he's talented. He's where he's at at Joe Gibbs racing for a reason. He's capable of winning championships. He obviously can win races and it, it's interesting. I think just like you said, he comes into iRacing racing He's here for three weeks or so, 
and he he's doing what you expect him to do. He's moving right on up the ladder, you know, and he's winning, you know, how you would expect him to win. 18% of the starts, you know, he's winning. I think that's something that could really help iRacing is to get more people like that involved. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's tough during the summer, but, uh, you know, that that's good marketing info when you can, when you can say um, that, that real-life drivers are, uh, you know, not just real-life racing drivers, but pro-level drivers are, are taking part in the races. And I, I think iRacing, it, it, you know, I wasn't around, but it, it appears that they lost something when, when Dale Jr. stopped racing as much, uh, you know, that it seemed like a lot of people were, were really into iRacing because of that. Yeah. And Denny, you know, obviously he's spending four or five hours a day lately or more just racing. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's more than I, I do, obviously. Oh, pretty cool. All right, final thoughts. Uh, I'll start off. Uh, Kyle, hope you get back soon. Kyle is the host of the show. However, I've been talking to other teammates. I actually w- want to set this up where we're having a rotating list of hosts and other teammates that have been on the podcast, like Scotty and Brad and and Jamie and other people. They're going to host too. So you're going to see new changes that coming into 2017. It's not just going to be Kyle. It's not just going to be me. And uh, that's how that's going to work. So uh, be be ready for that. We'll still kind of do the same flow of how we do it, but it'll be different voices. And that's the whole idea is this is a group discussion. So uh, don't forget where you can find the, the podcast. Uh, our website is the first place to go, iracerslounge.com. And that's really the easiest. But you'll also find us at the same name at Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, iTunes is obviously the big one. And that's really the best way to, to catch the podcast is get hooked up on iTunes. Uh, it pushes to your phone. It alerts you when there's a new one. And you listen to it right there on the phone. And you can listen to it in the background while you're doing other stuff on your phone. So that's certainly how I consume my podcast that I listen to. And uh, that's what I suggest for people. So uh, happy 2017 to everybody. Scotty, what do you got for final thoughts? Um, I just uh, just going to continue my uh, normal racing program through the week here in the off season. Uh Next week probably won't do a whole lot because uh, on the regular schedule for most uh, of the stuff is Rockingham. Not a big fan of there. After that, you got Iowa, Texas, Charlotte, Michigan, Phoenix. I mean, those are all tracks that I I really enjoy. So I'm really looking forward to that stretch leading up to to the start of NIS, uh, you know, in Daytona. Uh, Just going to be hammering that and uh, preparing for the 24 hours of Daytona. Cool. Uh, John Hammer, are you there? Final thoughts? Yeah, uh, we got a lot of stuff going on, getting ready for the 24 ourselves. But uh, we're racing every night in the A Open, um, sometimes in the B Open. We're looking we looking and have a couple of new sponsors possibly coming on board, which is pretty exciting. Um, 
pretty uh, pretty exciting time for us. I'm involved with the NIS, obviously, so I'm um, looking forward to uh, working with Matt Busa and Nolan Scott on that. Uh, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of things happening for the race team. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of marketing opportunities, um, good business opportunities. So it's it's a good time. It's going to be a good year. All right, nice positive outlook there, Carlos. How about you? Final thoughts? I really don't got none, honestly. Looking forward to Sonoma, I guess. For the Pro Series. And uh, you know, I'd say kudos to you, Carlos, for keeping the torch lit at Tafosi Racing uh, while everybody else is scattered during the holidays, literally. Oh, yeah. uh, but I imagine everybody, uh, we'll see the entire team starting to get together as we get back into NASCAR and Daytona 500 and, and kick off the season again. It should be exciting. And with that, I guess we'll see you later. Thanks again, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. Thank you.